Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Another great episode is on deck for you all. Today's episode is with the great Paul Angoni. And Paul has been someone who has been regarded as a prominent voice for the millennial generation. And we go through the interview entering the what now in your life. The what now question that you often get when you're in your 20s and in your 30s. We dive into the simple questions that you can ask yourself and some of the harder questions that you can do that. His new book, 101 Questions You Need to Ask in Your 20s, is out and it's great. I've gone through it. He sent the book to me and I really love it. It's 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 a mixture of fun and serious questions that you need to ask yourself. And uh, I really, really thought that it's something that was applicable to the next generation of global leaders. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you check out his website. And I hope you have a lot of fun today because you deserve to do that. All right. Talk to you soon. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Paul Angoni, and he is a best-selling author, a national speaker, an organizational consultant, an all-in-all millennial expert. People have described him as the voice to and for millennials. We're going to talk about his new book, 101 Questions You Need to Ask Yourself, or Ask in Your 20s, rather. And um, a lot of this actually has to do with people in their 30s. So we're, we're, you know, we're expanding here. So um, I'm pretty excited to dive into many, many things, millennial and um, uh, possibly that intersection with Gen X as well. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me, Taylor. I appreciate you having me on. Pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. We, we met in very interesting circumstances, uh, if, I, if I remember. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's talk about this because you're, you're like the only person in the world I can talk to about this. <laughs> Because uh, it was such a strange day, a, a strange way that we met. Do you want to lead on the story? How about you? You tell it. Sure. So I, I had gotten an email, um, you know, from a lady, and she was like, "Hey, you know, we do 
I, I work with some of the producers of the like the Oprah show, and we're casting for a talk show. It's going to be like the the real and all that, and we just want something interesting, some dynamic. Do you think you could head out to L.A.? And I live in New York. I was like, sure. I love Oprah. She's played a big deal. <laughs> She's like one of my biggest influences, and so. I flew over there, and then we were in this like this room. I can't, well, I can't even describe it. It was like the Hollywood lot, and I was freaking out. I was like, this is why they make all these movies and all these yeah, things. Yeah, that's uh, right. We're on this crazy Hollywood studio lot and feeling like we're big time. <laughs> and we, we were sitting in the lobby, I don't know, <laughs> for hours, hours, and they kept calling you back because they liked you. And I well, was like, I, you know, and give yourself credit. I think we were the only two – which is why we connected because we were only two that survived yes. every like cut. It was kind of like our own version of like American Idol or The Voice, but like a talk show version, but nobody was recording it. <laughs> At least the lobby part, as far as we know. Who knows? Maybe that was, maybe that was really the show. Maybe that was, was what it was. Just, yeah. Like seeing how long these two guys can hang out in the lobby as we keep bringing people in and out, in and out and telling them to go home. <laughs> but, but me and you thought we were going to make it. We were like, oh man. It could be between us two. We yeah. maybe were the ones that are going to make this talk show. Yeah, and they never actually did it. So, or I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, typical Hollywood fashion. Uh, they told us both really good things, and then they never talked to us again. Never called us. Just broke our hearts. <laughs> but that that does segue though to that to what you're doing now. That that's one of the questions I have I, in my twenties. What happened? So, <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> what are, what you know? Talk to us about your background a little bit though, because you have such an interesting career where you've built yourself as a thought leader for our generation, and um, you've done it with three books, and you speak and you consult with companies. So I'm I'm just curious, what got you started here? Man, yeah, it's uh, you know, going back to you know, 21 years old, graduating from college, and then quickly feeling like a complete failure in in a in a rapid amount of time. You know, I didn't think it would take that long, or it would be so quick to to feel like, man, I'm just completely blowing it. And uh, and every one of my thoughts and dreams of success, and oh, I'm going to make a lot of money, or I'm going to make a difference. Uh, or at least do a job that sounds somewhat cool that I can spin on like Facebook to make it look a lot better than it is. You know, these are all kind of the thoughts as I left college. And quickly I felt like uh, none of that was taking place. And so that's when I started writing about this, thinking about this, trying to figure out, okay, what it, how do you be successful in your 20s? Uh, how do you thrive in transition? And as I would talk to other friends, I started realizing I wasn't the only one that, that was feeling like, man, I'm a failure or nothing's going as planned. Or life is not turning out like it's supposed to. Uh, whatever supposed to is supposed to mean. So that's when I became passionate about this. And it, and it was because of my own story, my own feeling like, man, I'm failing at this. And and it was really my whole 20s of working through that and writing about it and researching and going back and getting a master's and, and just growing this platform, this base of, man, I want to speak to others. I want to I speak to other 20-somethings who are going through a similar situation and hopefully inspire them, them and encourage them and give them hope. Uh, but it took a long time to transition from kind of a hobby or a passion to something that I was doing more for my full-time career. Wow. Yeah. You know, that identity crisis is something that we, a lot of us relate to because depending on when you graduated, and I'm, you know, I'm 28, so I, you know, there's like different levels of millennials. But yeah. there was like a period where there was that horrible recession yeah. <laughs> that a lot of people graduated into. 
And yeah. I think I was in school at the, at the time, and I just remember the job market was there. Then you've got the intersections of the the social media, and then we also have this generational shift where our generation is is very interested. In we're just asking ourselves, what do we want to do at a much earlier age? And we're like, well, we don't need to do this cubicle thing, and we can try and do something with YouTube, or we could do a yeah. podcast, or we could do that. And there's all this confusion going on. And it does does happen because you inherit debt. You want to do something that fulfills your purpose. You have a generation that, uh, ahead of you that might not understand what you're doing and might have mislabeled yeah. you. And then you're thinking about like things like dating and what swipe right is and swipe left is. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a I mean, there's a lot to handle. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why you know, you know, Meg Jay, you know, when she wrote the defining decade and had the famous TED talk. That I'm sure a lot of people have read who right. who listen to this podcast. You know, I think you know that's why it became so popular because she aptly defined, I think, what many of us were feeling of this is the defining decade of your life. And gosh, if you didn't feel pressure before, just looking at the title of that book like fills me up with anxiety in some ways because it's like, man, this is the defining decade of your life, and it's kind of this feeling of how do I not blow this? Or, 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 or as I say, you know, I say it in a little different terms. I, I, I often say that success in your 20s and, and your 30s too, but success in your 20s and 30s is really more about setting the table than it is about enjoying the feast. Wow. And, wow. and that was a transition for me because, you know, I think a lot of us, we think our big dreams are going to happen quickly. And then I think for many of us, we then realize that it's not as quick as far as getting the fruit or seeing success or getting accolades or however that looks. And so really it is, it's about setting that table and it's about planting the seeds, you know, going to the farmer metaphors. It's going back to some of these kind of, you know, it's the big dreams that are not the problem. It's the timeline for how quickly we thought some of those big dreams might happen. That becomes the rub. Mm. And that's, and that's really what then the people that stick and the people that last and the people that do influence or do lead or do create, I think are the ones that stick through the ambiguity and the frustration and the confusion and the pain of really that elongated transition process. And it's not comfortable. And I think many of us can relate to that feeling of just, it's just not a very comfortable season of life. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Wow. Now, you said that so well. So you find that a lot of the problem sometimes when we have those, those questions that we're confused about is that we've set a timeline that would, maybe we shouldn't have set. And we, we yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think so. We have these expectations of here's how this is going to look. And then it changes and it pivots. And it, it takes more time than we ever thought or more effort. Or, you know, we get rejected by everybody. You know, that, that was my story. Oh, gosh. It's getting, <laughs> getting rejected by, you know, the classic author story of, uh, you know, I was able to get an agent, a literary agent who was, you took a book proposal to publishers and for literally about a two year span of time, I just got rejected by every publisher around that they took the book to. And, uh, and, and it wasn't even the book itself for some of them. Some of them didn't like the book. And then some of them would say, we like the book. We like your voice. We think this could be a best selling book, but, you're kind of a nobody. You need to build a platform. You right. need to build an audience because we can't take a risk on an unknown author. <laughs> and, um, and that was a, that was a weird time to be to even have somebody say, we like your book. We like your ideas, 
but you're not marketable to us. You you got to go prove it in a way. And um and it was, but but again, it was just it was just wrought with rejection and failure, which forced me to find a different path. And that's when I started my website that that's called allgrownup.com. And it's grown as if you're groaning in pain, G-R-O-A-N, all grown up. Yeah. And um, and I did that to basically say, okay, well, I got to go connect with my audience. Uh, I'll start writing to them. And I'll try to figure out how do you grow a platform, even though I had no idea how to do that. Uh, but all that rejection forced me to do the website thing. And, and then in that way, I've learned so many more skills. And basically, my whole career now is built on my website and social media and speaking. Everything that I learned the hard way that I didn't want to learn because I just wanted to get a best-selling book out right away. I didn't want to go the hard way, but that's my whole skill set now. Yeah. So no, that is that is so fascinating to me. So first of all, when you were at that, you know, age 21, is writing what you knew that you were going to do? Is that what you always wanted to do? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I I I never thought I had the chops to be a writer. Huh. You know, I I even to call yourself a writer like, doesn't, I mean, it just felt like, man, that's for like the really intellectuals who understand grammar perfectly. You know, I don't even know, I don't even know what a participle is, let alone how to, you know, what that means in grammar. You know, I, I just felt like, man, this is not me. I can't be a writer. Um, and probably there was some insecurity there or just feeling like, you know, who am I to do something that, that big, I guess, in some way. Um, but I, I was kind of just forced into it. And again, it kind of came from my own personal frustration pain. and pain, yes. you know, and that, and that's why I often tell people too. And I, I know you say the same thing, yeah. just this idea of that your passion and purpose a lot of the times is birthed out of your greatest pain. That's exactly what I was going to say. Cause I, yeah. I, people always ask me, how do you, it's the same sort of thing with you. So I got rejected 85 plus times when I graduated from college at 21. That seems yeah. to be a magical year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, you graduate, you got a summa cum laude or I got cum laude and then like you already know. Um, <laughs> and yeah, for me, you know, it was a lot of that. And, and I eventually wound, wound up doing like what you said, took a job that I didn't want, but it was the last resort for me. You know, I'm not a citizen, so I was like, well, uh, fine, anything, <laughs> whatever. <Sure. Yeah. laughs> 85 plus times is enough. <laughs> and um, I th it was after my near-death experience, and, and, and I was just like, you know, dealing with different, understanding what it's like to be a foreigner and have all these identities. I was like, I'm just going to write about this. I don't know how yeah. to create a platform. I put out a podcast. So yeah. it's interesting that you say that with your your story as well, because... Um, I think, at least for me, maybe, maybe maybe it was different for you. When you're starting out, there's this weird nervous feeling you have because, in my case, you know, my parents were worried about me. Like, well, what is a podcast? What are you writing about? And yeah. then I was, and I was like, how am I going to make money? And am I wasting time just writing all these things when no one's actually reading or listening to what I'm doing? And then yeah. for some weird reason, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing it. So yeah. my question to you is what, what kept you going and how did you uh, yeah. pivot? You know, I think you, I think you hit it right on the head. It, it's this feeling of, and I know we've both felt the same way, and I'm sure many of the people listening has felt this about something, but this feeling of, I cannot not do this. Yes. Like, I don't have a real, like, persuasive answer for my parents about how this is going to make money mm -hmm. or I can't, I don't know what to tell my spouse right now about how this is going to fully work out. 
and I might be a little crazy, and I probably am, but gosh, this is, there's just something there. There's just something there, and it's something I cannot not do. And, and really, man, that is a, such a powerful place because that is what's going to push you past all the failure and rejection. And when you're checking your website stats and you see that three people visited your website and two of them were your parents, your parents. To check up on <laughs> you, you know, you know, and we've all been there. But but it's again because it's personal to you. Like you have something. Your 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 skin is in the game. Yeah. Literally, like this is part of your life. Like this is this is you. And and man, that is such a powerful place to operate from. And again, it's not a comfortable place to mm. operate from. You know, I think when we talk about finding your passion, it's usually in a very like sexy way, right? Yeah. It's like you're driving a sports car, you know? Like, oh, it's gonna be this is gonna be so much fun, it's gonna be so cool. And really it's 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 very gritty and raw. And it's like driving a, a ninety-three Honda Civic hatchback. You know, it's not this it's not the sexy sports car, you know. And I and I say that because that's literally the car I've been driving for the last ten years, um, because that's also been part of the sacrifice, right? It's yeah. also you know what are the things you're willing to give up, and what are the things that are non-negotiables, you know? And that and that's a those are questions I ask in in my new book, is as you're trying to drill down to figure out okay what are, what is that something I cannot not do? Well, okay, well what are some things you're willing to sacrifice, and what are some non-negotiables? that you're not willing to sacrifice. Let's right. let's start there. You know, and there's lots of different questions to get down to this. And and I think that's also what it comes down to is is asking ourselves really good questions, strategic questions. Yeah. So that we're making intentional choices. Uh and not just going with the flow and oh, I guess I got to take this job and stay in here forever. You know, I think a lot of us we're not really built that way. Maybe we got to take a job for a season of life, but let's keep asking questions about okay, what is next? What do I really want? What is my significant why? You know, what is the why behind what I want to do? And let me drill down into that. Yeah, that, that's such a great point because I've come to realize as I've gone through life that asking yourself the right questions is is one of the, the best ways to actually get you to your intended destination. You know, exactly. And, and exactly. I, yeah. 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 And, and, so, sorry, I'm getting excited. No, I'm getting excited too. I think we're, we're in the same frequency. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 the same thing. I because you know I, I was going through a lot of your work today, and even and, and you know I haven't done over 300 of these interviews. I as I started to ask questions, yes. I was like, oh my goodness, why didn't I just ask myself this question? So it's it's like some people stop at just the first degree of what, what I call the first degree of why, and they don't go to the second degree. They don't even go into why, 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 why. Question your why. They don't understand the purpose. They don't understand why they want it. And sometimes when I've done this exercise with people when I've spoken, um, they, when I ask them why initially, they're like, well, you know, my parents told me. Or it's just something I was always supposed to do. Yeah. But they haven't actually figured out why. Or they haven't asked themselves what it is that they want to be remembered for. What they want their legacy to be. Or exactly. What makes them happy. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what this, you know, this is my third book. You know, my first book was 101 Secrets for Your 20s. And and it was quick and pithy and funny and serious and you know written in a way that is accessible I think for twenty somethings and it, it's thankfully been a popular book you know I've had success with that book um, but I wanted to go deeper and hopefully help people in a more transformative way I think right with this questions book because I, I basically want to put it back on them like you're saying you know and and that's what this book is strategically created to be it's it's like this guide. To say, okay, let's ask this question, 
let's get 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 thinking about this and I'm going to provide commentary and stories and insight from my journey and my research but then let's let's go with another question and have you thought about it in this way and and it's really you know years and years of research uh put into a book to hopefully get people to that transformative place of okay let me ask myself these questions and you're right it is so important and um and I was struck I was struck by this and it's a quick story that I tell in my book but yeah. I had a I had a friend and he's a very smart friend uh, uh individual his name's Brent and he's working a lot with uh, artificial intelligence softwares and you know all these things that I don't understand when he explains to me what he's doing I just smile and nod and try to act like I even understand a word he's saying cuz he's he's too smart for me um <laughs> but he he was talking about being at a conference and listening to one of these leaders of artificial intelligence and autom- automated bots and, you know, this, again, a very smart uh, individual. And my friend Brent went up to this guy and, and asked him, hey, you know, with all that you know about artificial intelligence, all that you understand, what are you teaching your daughters? What is the most important thing your daughters need to know to be successful in this world? And the guy, without miss, missing a beat, said, I'm teaching my daughters how to ask really good questions. That's it. And, th- and that was just it's like so simple, yet so profound. You know, and it's something machines, they, they, machines can't do. Yeah. Th- that's, really so, that's really one of the main things that sets us apart, the ability to ask good follow-up questions. You know, that's what sets you apart in a conversation. You know, if you, if you want to be, a, you know, usually master conversationalists are really good at asking follow-up questions, but it's also true for our life. You know, if you want to set the direction of your life, man, you got to be asking the right questions, especially at the beginning, because if you're not, then your ship might be going a whole different direction than you thought, and you think you're making progress, but it's actually the wrong direction. So you're actually going backwards. That's, that's so powerful. And, and <laughs> this is so funny. I, I, lo- I love talking to you about these things because... So when you now question this book, you call this book 100 Questions You Need to Ask Yourself in Your 20s, what were some of the, what were those early questions that you realize now as you're looking back that you wish you would ask yourself? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that I wish I would ask myself earlier on. There, there's a lot of them, you know. And, yeah. and that's you get 101. <laughs> that's like kind of the whole book is and, – and all the questions are very real to me because they're usually stuff that I struggled with or wrestled with or had to keep asking myself in, in many different ways. Um, but you know, some, some questions that I, uh, that I felt like I, w- I wish somebody would ask me sooner are, um, you know, some simple questions like, um, you know, a- as far as continuing on and being inspired, you know, one of the questions that I, that I wish somebody would have kept asking me is who will you not be able to help if you give up now? Oh gosh. And, and I needed to hear that. I wish somebody would have kept telling me that, you know, because because I was really close to quitting a couple different times, you know, and I, I'm sure some of us can relate to that. You know, just this feeling of am I am I just foolish here? Like, is this ever really going to happen? Do I need to give this up? And so I wish somebody would have kept telling me that. And maybe somebody needs to hear that right now. You know, who are you not going to be able to help if you give up now? Because there's people out there that need what I call, you know, your signature sauce. And, and that's kind of my metaphor for purpose or calling or passion or whatever we call it. It's, it's your unique signature sauce, these ingredients that come together that you bring that, on, that only you can provide and you put it in this combination and it's your flavor that you bring. 
you know, no one's got the Teo signature sauce, <laughs> you know, that you've got this unique blend of ingredients, Teo, and that's why people resonate with you. And, uh, and I think that's true for all of us. And so those are some of the things I break down in the book too is what are the ingredients that go into your signature sauce and how do we heighten those and combine those uh, because you can't give up and, and, and leave your signature sauce, you know, on the bottom of the pan, you know, on the stove too long where it's just like burning and it's that like black weird stuff on the bottom of the pan. And I think that's what becomes of some of our signature sauce because we don't know what to do with it and we don't know how to get it out there. Wow. Wow. No, and that question is – it's – it's such an important one, and and the reason why I resonate with it so much is because it's that moment. Seth Golden calls this thing the dip, you know, the point at which most people give up because it's, yeah. it gets too tough. And a lot of times when we look back and look back, a lot of the great ones, they'll tell you that you know, right before I had my first or this opportunity, I was like down in the dumps and all that. And there's a consistent yeah. trend with that. And yeah. I feel like with our generation, because you know. Uh, I'm I'm not in the camp that hates social media. I know some of our generation does. They say we do that. But because of the visual nature we live in, it does yeah. get pretty, pretty easy to compare your whole life to someone's trailer. That's what I always call. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And that, totally. that comparative syndrome that people have, it, it almost, you know, makes the, the your descent rapid because you're like, oh, well, that person is like a year older than me or even younger than me. And I know more than them, but why are they getting that? Or yeah, you know, and it's all that kind of stuff. And um, are there questions you have for people in their twenties right now that can help them sort of fortify their own identity and just remain focused on on just their own journey? Yeah, well, that's and you you hit it right on the head there. And it's it's something that I def- defined and talked about the way I thought about it in my first book, 101 Secrets to Your Twenties, is I called it um, obsessive comparison disorder, mm. and um, and there's just this this feeling of always needing to constantly compare ourselves with these images, like you said, that trailer that people are putting out online, and uh, and then feeling like crap, really, because you don't compare, or they look like they're experiencing all this c- success that you wish you would have. Um, so something I ask in my new book, I ask a question, just a simple one, is you know, am I seeing the other side of the picture uh, that's being posted on Instagram? Basically, like, are you seeing what's behind the story? And and I even tell a story uh, in my own life where I posted this picture of my family. I have three kids, and it's this picture on Instagram where we're in front of the, like this beautiful waterfall, like this this blue like lake and a waterfall, and we're all huggle, uh, huddled together, and we just look like, oh, this is a family. Look at them exploring in the mountains. They love each other so much. It's like that perfect picture, right? And that's what I posted on Instagram. But then I... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. 
told the backstory of, well, the reason we're all huddled together is because all the kids are freezing because it snowed on us the whole hike. And all my kids were crying. And there was different points where I thought, we were, are we going to really make it? And the wa- the rocks were wet. And I almost slipped a few times. And it was this whole ordeal. And now whenever I mention hiking to my kids, they like start convulsing and, and start faking injuries because they don't want to go <laughs> hiking again because they almost died. You know, the one time daddy took them hiking. Yeah. You know, and that's the picture that, you know, that's the real story behind the picture. And, um, and I think it's good for all of us to keep remembering that. So then we're not, cause it doesn't matter how much success, quote unquote, you've experienced. You know, it doesn't matter how many books you have out there, how many businesses you've launched. I think we're all still going to look at the person above us and be like, oh man, but I'm not as big as this person. Or I haven't sold as many products as this person. And then we feel terrible. Instead of just keeping the perspective of, man, look how far I've come. Wow, look how much I've grown, you know, and look how much I've learned, most importantly. And and those are the the important things uh, to be asking ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And in your book, you say that the biggest mistake that you think we make when going through transitions is that we fly through them as fast as possible to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't actually acknowledge our own progress. We just look, boom, 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 I need to get to the next step. And I think, I mean, you also said this in the book as well. It's, you know, we're just made to just climb ladders initially. That's what we're made to think. You know, middle school, yeah. elementary, middle school, high school, college, job, car, picket fence, um, dream. Yep. <laughs> but we don't actually exactly. To, yeah, we don't actually get to do that. And um, I, th- I think you said that in the uh the first question you asked was, we need, you know, what have you done to something like breaking up with yourself? I think it was something like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I, 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 like when we talk about somebody that's going through a quarter life crisis or identity crisis, a lot mm. of the times I think what we're talking about is, is just a really stark transition process. Mm. And so I even compare it to, and I, in my first question of the book, I tell a kind of epic breakup story. Because who doesn't, first of all, who doesn't love hearing a good breakup story? I mean, it's just kind of fun. But um, but I told the story in real quick of where I drive basically a total of like 18 hours in the pouring rain the whole time to meet my girlfriend's parents. It goes really well. I'm thinking I'm in love. I'm thinking this is the one. I'm thinking, man, I'm starting to plan out the picket fence and the 2.4 kids. You know, I'm thinking about all these things. And then I call her. Uh, when I get stuck on the highway, both sides of the highway are closed because of mudslides and accidents because it's been literally raining for 18 hours straight. And I'm in a field somewhere and I call my girlfriend and the first thing out of her mouth is, Paul, we need to talk. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, and it, I felt like I was in like a Dawson's Creek or Gilmore Girls episode or something for any <laughs> 90s, early 2000s aficionado. Hey. 20 years of Dawson's Creek yesterday. There you go. There you go. This is very pertinent. This is a very now thing. But, uh, you know, but you know that feeling, if any of us have gone through that, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Of, uh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And so much of your identity is wrapped up in this person. Or, you know, like college graduation, I think is a stark transition for a lot of us because so much of our identity is wrapped up as a college student or at this place or living in these dorms or with these friends. And so with these transitions, really what it is, it's like breaking up. Yeah. And you're breaking up with a place. You're breaking up with a season. You're breaking up with a time. Sure, you're still going to stay friends and you're not going to completely change, but you're also breaking up with a version of yourself. 
and you're going to grow and change and there's going to be a new normal. So that's where I start this book off as, is how do you break up with yourself? And it's just an interesting question to think about. And I, I, I flush that out more in the book, but, but transitions are hard because there is a lot of breaking when you break up. Right. That is, ah, oh, that is, you're so, you're so full of quotes today. There's a lot of breaking when you break <laughs> up. Um, and e- e- even to, to even go further with your point is, Another question you ask, I think this is the 13th, um, 18th one, it's, you know, what are the pivotal plot points of your story? So there's the break in when you break up, but we, we don't acknowledge our transitions, but we also don't, don't acknowledge the pivotal plot points in our stories. I think yeah. a lot of us don't actually know our stories. And, yeah, exactly. and that's interesting. It's so ironic. Yeah. We don't know our stories if we, you know, some of us do. I mean, I know you do because you've done this work all the time. But sure. if you ask a lot of people, because sometimes I, I have like a, a model that I go when I'm, you know, because my mission is use your difference to make a difference. So that's my mission yeah. statement. And that's whenever perfect. I'm going through that, uh, thank you. And whenever I'm going through that and trying to help people identify the differences, I'm like, well, let's let's, let's do a, a deep dive into your life and go back and time. Yeah. And almost every time they come like, I don't remember I did that. I forgot about that. That's yeah. how that happened. And it's, yeah. it's it's a weird thing. We just go through life like that. It's it, it you know and I often say that we're we're all living intentionally but but most of us are living intentionally unintentional. Oh. Wow. Right? And wow. I think that's what you described where we just don't take the time and maybe we don't even give ourselves the credit. Or we don't want to sit down and think about it. We think we know, but yeah, those pivotal plot points in your story, which, which I usually call, you know, your, your biggest triumphs that have happened in your life and also some of the biggest tragedies in your life. Right. Some of the hardest things you've gone through. Cause I think you got to look at both again, right? Cause we talked about that, that the, the, the role that pain and frustration plays in this too. Um, but you're right. We forget about it. Or, or, or would, or, or I think we just discredit it. You know, like if somebody like you, Teo, you, you talk about it with somebody and they, and they talk about this thing that they did and they were felt really successful and, and it was like this big triumph, right? And then you can even hear them say, you know, like, oh, but it wasn't a big deal, you know, or, or like, oh, I was nothing. Yeah. You know, they almost discredit it. And it's like, no, that was a huge deal. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have done that. There's no way I could have pulled off what you just described. Because it's part of who you are. It's your story. It's, again, that blend of ingredients. So how do we leverage that for your future story? <laughs> you know? And that's what it's about because that's what we're trying to get to, right? It's yeah. we're trying to write the next chapters of our future story. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully we understand the backstory because if you don't understand the backstory, well, how are you going to start writing on page, you know, 150 if you don't know what got got you to page 150, then the story is going to be really disjointed and no one's going to, it's not going to make sense. Yeah, you know what? And, and you're so right because we can't be who we say we want to be if we don't actually, you know, embrace our full identities. And, um, and it's like what you said in your, there's another quote you have, which you just, like I said, you're full of quotables. You were like, stop looking for the right person and focus on becoming the right person, right? That was in, re- that was in relation to relationship. Woo, relation. Yeah. I did that. Ah, anyways, <laughs> that was in relation to relationships, but I feel like that also applies here as well because, you know, if you want to be the right person to achieve that dream, if you want to be the right person to be happy and find fulfillment and purpose, you have to focus on being the right person and you can't be the right person if you don't even know who that person is. Right. You know, and it's, it, you know, our twenties and our thirties, they're not about them going as we planned. But really, it's about how we adapt, change, and grow when it doesn't go as we planned. Right. You, you know, and that's how we become the right person. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to go make a difference, 
well, gosh, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. And there's going to be a lot of times of breaking and and frustration and pain, things you got to work through because you're going to need that resolve. You're going to need that perseverance. You're going to need the humility. You're going to need the strength so that when you're in that position, you can do it well. You know, and that's why one hit wonders are one hit wonders. Yeah. And and I talk about that in the new book too. You know, why are one hit wonders one hit wonders? Well, yeah, I, we all know the story. You know, it's because they achieve some, you know, huge rise to success based on some skill set that they had and they went YouTube famous now or whatever it is, but they didn't ever build the platform to sustain it. You know, it's like that trick stage uh, that a magician has, right? Where they're in front of, you know, thousands in the crowd one second and then the next second someone's pulling a, you know, a, a rope and it's pulling out the bottom of the stage and they're going through and now you don't see them anymore, right? I feel like that's what it's like for a one-hit wonder. Yeah, no. And we and and we don't want to be like that, you know. And and for me, I'm now so thankful of the eight years because literally it was probably about eight to nine years of of frustration and working through it and trying to figure out okay, what is my signature sauce? Asking these questions because it gave me the foundation I needed for when my tipping point moment kind of happened which came in a blog, uh, 21 Secrets to Your 20s. It was literally like one blog that, that became my tipping point that I wrote. And, uh, but, but I was able to more sustain it because it had been a long time coming. You know, It's kind of that old, it takes 10 years to create an overnight success. And I, I think that's true for a lot of us. That's, that, that's an interesting concept to me because I believe we do live in an era where people are, they have a romanticized idea of what it means to be a thought leader and influencer. And you're right. There's the one hit wonders dynamic, right? With every single social media platform that comes out, you know, someone's, you know, you know, someone's an influence, someone's the comedian there, someone's the, 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 uh, dancer or singer or even the motivational speaker there. And there are agencies that are actively looking for people that have an, an audience. But you look two, three years later, you don't see the same people. And then the ones that do stick out are the ones that have had sort of that solid foundation that you were talking about. Maybe they, they wrote for a while. Or they said the same words for a while and then just one person happened to share one of their videos and then that person went back and saw like a whole rabbit trail of yeah. things and then it, then every one of the content just started to resonate uh, because it felt more authentic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, do you have any tips for how to, to build those platforms for um, us in our 20s and our 30s? Sure, sure. Well, you know, again, I think it's, you know, obviously you're asking the right questions. You're getting down to what I call your, your, your significant why, you know, what you talk about too, just like the why behind the why, like keep drilling down, keep drilling down. Um, you're getting to something you cannot not do and something you're passionate about. It's this blend of your skill set, your values, your beliefs, you know, it's all kind of coming together and then you start chipping away at it or you start, you know, planting the seed in the ground. You know, I often think, you know, for myself, I, I often say, you know, Paul, don't chase your dreams, grow them, you know, grow the dream, you know, put it in the ground, put some seeds in the ground, start watering it, start feeding it, do it consistently and see what grows. And, and sometimes not everything is going to grow and that's fine. You know, you're learning, you're pivoting, you're, you're changing, you're adapting, but, but sometimes things will grow and you'll keep learning from that. So, I mean, with each platform, whatever the platform is, you know, it's the ability to consistently do good work and speak into a specific issue that you understand 
and you understand the struggle, you understand the pain, but then you're able to also say, you know, I understand the struggle, but here's three things I'm learning, or here's how we move on from this. You know, you, you, you understand, but then you inspire. And I think that's a great combo for building trust and growing a platform and getting your message out there because people will, will first of all say, oh, this person gets me. They know what it's like. Right. But they also understand how to move forward. Yeah. So you're not just stuck there. And I think that's that beautiful combo. And, and who knows when it sparks? Who knows when that flame is lit, when it starts to spread? Um, but if you keep doing that, man, that is a powerful combination. But, but it's also a hard one, which is why, you know, a lot of us don't last yeah. online. Yeah. You know, don't. it's just the truth of it. It's hard. There's millions of blogs out there started all the time. And then there's millions of blogs that just shut their doors yeah. or, or websites or podcasts or YouTube videos, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you've lasted. Don't chase your dreams, grow your dreams. And I, the, the point that I'm even peeling beyond that is the, yeah. the fact that if you know who you're showing up for, you really have to show up for them. And that takes a lot of research and understanding and perspective taken. And that takes work. Because if you're able to get a lot of people to say, that's right, me too, that's what yeah. I feel, one of them or 10 of them are going to start saying, oh, you should check out Paul Angoni. Like he really said this message and then it's going to continue to go like that. But if you don't do it consistently, um, then it's just going to you know, just be like you haven't built a solid foundation. You didn't actually grow the dreams. You were just chasing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's it's literally like – if somebody's just starting out, let's say, and they wrote one article or whatever, and they, they got this great message, and then all of a sudden a miracle happens, you know, and Oprah sees it. One yeah. of Oprah's people sees it, and Oprah tweets it out, right? And all these people start flooding to this person, and, oh, we want to read this, and we want to read more. Well, gosh, it's not going to last that long. No. <laughs> it's just going to – it's going to – it's not – it's going to go down in flames because that person doesn't have anything else to give. Right. You know, they just haven't built it yet. They haven't built the house to contain all these new people. Um, and, and so that's why it does, it's more of to our advantage if it is more of a long tail game. And we are building that, building that foundation so we can support, you know, hopefully whatever wave of people that comes and it'll be more authentic and organic that way. And that's what happened to me. It was literally just people sharing an article of mine, the 21 Secrets of Your 20s article on Pinterest of all places. Wow. And it just started pinning like crazy, and it crashed my website numerous times. I didn't know that could happen. I didn't know that was a problem. You know, I never thought too much traffic was a problem. I'd never had that problem before. Um, but then it just spread from there, and and I was able to keep sustaining it and growing it to different levels uh, from that point on. Wow. Now um, this is this is so much gold, and. Um... And once again, they can get the book. This is 100 Secrets for Your 20s, right? Uh, one, no, 100, 100 Questions, rather, you need to ask yourself in your 20s. 100 Secrets for Your 20s is another one of his books. But, or, um, and if you want to get all his books, you go to zapalangoni.com or anywhere on Amazon. Uh, yeah, allgrownup.com is the best place to connect with me. And again, that's grown, G-R-O-A-N, all grown up. Um, but yeah, and then you can find my books on Amazon. You can... Now find 101 Secrets to Your 20s. My first book is in Target, and that that just happened recently, which again that. was another kind of mind-blowing thing. This book was released five years ago, My 101 Secrets to Your 20s, and it's now in Target, which is like a dream. You know, I didn't think that was going to happen, um, 
but and then the new book 101 questions for your 20s should be wherever books are sold and uh and the books do go well together you know they're complementing each other it's all different content but they are kind of this series um so but yeah if anybody has questions for me go to my website allgrownup.com and you can even get free chapters and free questions of all my books gotcha. uh, at the website so yeah no that's amazing i'll make sure i put all that in the show notes also before we left i also wanted to ask you your thoughts on a relationship because um that those are questions this is relationships romantic wise but also relationships period uh in yeah. terms of that um whether it's mentors yeah. mentors friends relate or romantic relationships what important questions do we need to ask oh ourselves? gosh well thank you thank you for asking that uh which is a great question uh but uh yeah, no, in the in the new book, I have a whole section on relationships because it is such a crucial part, not only of, you know, your 20s and 30s, you're asking these important questions about maybe who do I want to marry or who who do I want to, you know, who's my network, you know, these kind of things. Uh, and, and so there are really important questions when it comes to relationships. Uh, one of the questions that I talk about and I kind of break down at, at, at pretty good length in the book is, as I say, you know, I think we all should stop networking as far as career goes to build relationships and start relationshiping is what I call it. <laughs> you know, which is just a silly way to put, you know, cause I, I just always hated going to networking events and I'm just not good at them. And I always felt like, Oh, I got to have my business card and I'm trying to sell these people on me. And I just had it all wrong when, you know, networking, like really good networking relationshiping is about serving other people in relationships. It's about asking them good questions. It's about being present. It's about connecting them with other people. And so I break that down just kind of more of sound practices, practices really, of how to do relationship building really well. And, and not just to further your career, but just to have more meaningful connections, which I think is really profound. Uh, and then also, you know, who's going to be on your dream team is what I call it to go back to the nineties basketball team, but who's going to be on your dream team? You know, who's going to be, it's whether it's a mastermind group or whatever we want to call it, but who's going to be those few trusted people who you're going to lean on and they're going to lean on you to support you in that process. And, and it's really awesome if your significant other, you know, if you are dating or if you are married, if that person is included there, because sometimes I think we don't have that combination. And I've been really blessed in many ways that my wife and I, you know, we're, we're business partners. You know, she edits everything I write. I help her and, and her in different capacities, you know, that we do this together. We're part of each other's dream team. So it's not like I'm, I'm pursuing my career separate from my relationship with my family. You know, it's kind of all interconnected, which is really powerful for me. It's a powerful place for me to operate from. Um, and so that significant other factor is going to be a really important part, obviously, of your purpose and your calling and how you pursue all these things. That's no, it's an amazing. Uh, um, yeah, you call it a dream team. I, I call it your personal board of directors. So I, I oh think, yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely key, and and it plays a big role. And I think you know there was a quote by Jim Rohn. Uh, you you know the the average of the five people you, you spend the most time with, and I think that's something we need to be more mindful of because. Even spending the most time with as now included online components where, you know, who are those people you're, you're spending the most time talking to? How are they adding value to your, to your life or maybe being an anchor? How are they taking away from, yeah. you know, taking away from what you're going to do? So, uh, this is, this has been good. I can see why companies hire you and why, uh, <laughs> sco- schools and uh, well, people are always into your message because it's, uh, well, 
Yeah. And vi- and vice versa, man. And yeah, and for for any of you guys listening right now, you just never know where this is all going to take you. Right? I couldn't have envisioned this at the beginning. You know, and and now, you know, I I get a, I speak at corporations. That's another part of my business, you know, about how how to lead and engage the other younger generation, millennials, Gen Z, whatever we want to call it. And um and that was nothing I could have strategically planned. It just started emerging out of all this experience. And so again, you just never know for any of us, you just never know where this is going to take you. You don't know what's around the bend, but if you keep doing good work, if you keep, you know, bringing your signature sauce into it, man, it, it's going to take you far. Just keep, keep going, keep chipping away at it. Um, you know, because again, who, who, who is not going to be helped by you if you give up now? So don't, don't give up. Don't give up. No. And before we go, I've got, I've got to um, ask that question. How did you, get into corporations um we both do it but i feel like there's a different path for everyone um, yeah because yeah what was the thing what did you pitch to them or did they reach out to you and then did yeah you so again i can't i can't give this extremely smart answer and formula for how people should follow my example um because it, it kind of happened organically in a sense of companies started reaching out to me and and different hr people had read my book Yes. So like the first the first pitch I got was actually from uh, HR people at Goldman Sachs, and um, they had read my 101 Secrets for Your 20s book, and uh, and I never thought that would be an intro into Goldman Sachs, but they were thinking, hey, this guy should help us develop some of our younger employees. He gets them, and so I was able to leverage that into this you know bigger opportunities you know to where my biggest speaking engagement I've done was at Intel Security at this big global summit in Vegas, you know, and it was just way beyond what I thought I could do, but I just kept getting elevated because of all the research and all the experience and all the emails I'd written to 20 somethings themselves. Now other people wanted to know what I knew about 20 somethings. So it was that leveraging process. So again, you just never know. Uh, And then I got more strategic, you know, I tried to be more strategic about how do I leverage this more and doing interviews and different things. And so it, it's a fun side of my business. I love talking to leaders as well as talking to millennials and 20 somethings. I, I love all facets of that. No, no. And, and I'm glad you share that because that's, that's what I, you know, I always like to tell people is that a lot of times if you're authentic, your story is what will get people, um, to notice you. I, you know, I, saying, you know, I, whenever I ask people ask me, how do you get your speaking career? I was like, someone listened to my podcast. And they happened to be at the World Bank and they said, we think you might be a good speaker. Do you want to come over there? We don't pay anything, but could you come? I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. I think I could fit it in. Yeah, like, yes, the World calendar. Bank. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, was, you, that sort of gave me an idea. And then um, a lot of, you know, people started to look at, you know, do the research into like, oh, you've written about this, you've written about that. And it just came from the work, right? So it's, it's you know, you're staying consistent with that message. And then after that, you can start to get strategic. Um, and even if you want to jump ahead of what Paul and I did is if you have a large body of work and you feel like that's something an organization needs, you can package it in a way where you can just give them the breadcrumbs to like what led you down where you are right now and how you'd be good for them. Um, yeah. But it doesn't come without that consistency or you having right. that foundation that Paul was talking about. So Right. You know, it's it's dream big and be faithful in the small. Exactly. Every Every day. Have both combination going. And, uh, and that's a powerful place to operate from. Absolutely. So the last question I always ask my guests is my mission statement, use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Paul, use your difference to make a difference? Gosh, yeah, I, my, you know, kind of my vision for my life is to, um, 
inspire people with truth, hope, and hilarity as they're kind of struggling with the what now of life. <laughs> you know, and, and so it is. It is that's that's kind of my blend, and it's hopefully some insight. It's my story, and hopefully I'll do it in in somewhat of a humorous way too to get people laughing uh, and to get them you know loosened up a little bit. And then uh, I want to walk with you through that, you know, because because we're all like I say in the book, you know, the new book that we're all struggling, but we're all struggling to make it appear like we're not struggling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that I, I want to continue to be that voice to be like, you know, I'm struggling. You're struggling. Let's just talk about it and help each other out. And that's kind of my role as an influencer, author, speaker. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's been a real pleasure to, to talk to you. And we'll make sure we put everything in the show notes. It's all grown up dot com, like grown in pain. Um, and then I will put the links to, to your current books and uh, your previous books as well. But this has been a real pleasure, Paul. Hey, it's been an honor, man. I'm so glad that we met in some random <laughs> Hollywood studio, you know. <laughs> and that's, again, another great metaphor to end on that is that you think you're going for some big thing or this is going to be a life-changing event. We're both going to get on some Oprah-led talk show. Right. <laughs> but the most meaningful thing that happened is this relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, for us. Yeah. So, again, you just never know. You never know what's going to be what's going to be the point of this experience. And I think for us, it was meeting each other, and that yeah. was the best thing. You're the only one that I talked to from that event. <laughs> I don't even know who else. There were some crazy people that came in that room. I'm not going to lie to you. So that, you were yeah. the most... You were the most normal guy I, I I could meet in that room. So uh, yeah, I was like, what? Did, I was like, I, I don't think I'm in the right. Do you think <laughs> I'm me? <laughs> but um, no, no, it, I'm definitely grateful for the experience, and and it's it's always been interesting how we've come across each other, whether it's a mutual friend or something like that. So um, I think it speaks to building those relationships. So, but um, I'm I'm so excited for you with this book. Definitely gonna do my best to push it out there. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market